Welcome to another episode of The Potato Files. I'm your host, Jeff Paul. Uh, my guest today is an extremely amazing, funny comedian. Now actor, uh, will be starring in <laughs> season seven of Mr. D on the CBC. Uh, Dave Mahaj is here, guys. So, um, I don't know, clap in your car, wherever you're listening to this thing. How you doing, Dave? Pretty good. good. I never know how to, an- not, I don't know how to answer that, but I don't know what type of energy you should bring after, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 If someone brings you in on a like on a podcast, I never know. I'm like, did I go too low or am I mumbling? Hi, hi, yeah. Hi. It's, it's nice to be here. That's like the I get so nervous doing that, man. Well, we are here on the Never Sleeps Network here in the Never Sleeps bedroom. You've uh, you've you've been here before. I have. Yeah. Um, so you you know the layout. The bed's there if you need to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to lay down and make this a therapy session too, that's what the bed's for. I can I can I've been th- I won't I've been to therapy like. Three times in my whole whole life. You didn't. It didn't stick. Or like, was it three times consecutively, or three times? The first time I went, another comic recommended, and he goes, "You should go." And I went, and it was like I can't remember if I paid her or not. I think I did. <laughs> then I got afraid because I didn't want to go back to her because I I didn't know if I paid her or not. The second and third time I went, it was because I was dating the, the, my last girlfriend. That I was dating. She was like, maybe you should see a therapist. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of like indirectly helped me break up with her, <laughs> which was weird because like, not weird, but like I would, she, I'd, I'd call her after and she's like, how was it? And then there was one phone call in particular. I'm like, oh man, I can't tell her that I, I think I'm going to break up with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And then like, you know what I'm how saying? How many sessions did you go through while you're with this? Just two. two. two and then okay. I, she helped me like, like I, 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 I had this discussion with, or just somebody, we were talking about how like sometimes it's a, a, a growing up in a Middle Eastern family, I, I almost feel like I'm ratting on my family. That's what holds me back from going to a therapist because I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk on my mom or my dad because yeah. you know what I'm saying? That I, I love them and they, they raised us. But like, I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's a, like an ethnic thing where it's like, it's not as, not that it's not as welcomed, but mm-hmm. it's just, there's a hesitation. Well, I remember in Sopranos, uh, the, Tony's mother was very upset. He was seeing a psychiatrist because yeah. she was like he's talking shit about me yeah that's that's how i truly like would but I, feel. Think, I don't think that's an ethnic thing i think that's an everything thing like i think yeah. if, if, if my white mom found out i was in therapy she's like ah shit you know and, and i and i and i when i say when i'm say ethnic i don't you know i think it's not i don't want to say it's a bad habit but it's a habit that you know i don't i don't know how to explain it where it's like i always think like i, I not that i th- think fully that like therapy is just white people like mm-hmm. I don't you know that's crazy just to think that but I guess maybe the people around me the wh- white people around me are, are more open and vocal about saying it and maybe the minorities that are around me don't mm-hmm. so then in my head I just kind of like judged and made I, an assumption I do think it was mainly a, a white thing like just another fucking part of white privilege I guess like, <laughs> oh I, things are tough I better talk to somebody yeah. about this like I can only afford one car in my driveway <laughs> and you know I, I, I don't mean this in a disrespect to my father because he was great and he still is great in raising us but I do I was telling uh, some comic friends I go I don't remember my dad ever giving me advice like on anything like you know what I mean like he like you know about even looking across the street <laughs> like I don't think he kind of I don't know he raised this well but I, I don't I don't my dad's now starting the advice stage okay so yeah because like, he, he I think he realizes he's only got x amount of time yeah. left so he's like well I better pass on my knowledge 
It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. it's like we because you would. I don't know why it just came. It came to my head one day where I was like, "Oh, did my dad?" Not that it made me because you know sometimes I I think people like not people but like yeah I guess they just blame their their upbringing on why they fucked up. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about. It. I was like, "Oh man, not that I'm a that I'm normal." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I still fucked up, but I was like, "Oh shit, I just don't remember my dad giving me like like the advice you see on TV." Well, I de- I I definitely didn't have a TV dad either like yeah. he was i i don't think uh when we hug now it's me forcing i'm like give me a hug old man and he's like he <laughs> he still doesn't know how to do it he's like okay and he's very like he just doesn't get it like he, he's an old school guy he's like just keep your feelings to yourself that's, sort of a, thing, that's you know? how my dad is too when i tell him my old old lebanese man i'm like uh dad i love you and there's always a pause on the phone <laughs> <laughs> and he goes i love you too <laughs> so my dad bought a cottage uh, almost 10 years ago and that's been our like coming together of like it's our project we work on together you know okay. like um like i do all this landscaping he does like all the woodworking shit but we kind of and like the other day he showed up i was up there and i just finished this like nice landscaping project and he's like looks like you're busy i'm like would you could you compliment me he won't so- fucking like he'll never bring you up you're like oh, yeah it looks like you did something like yeah he <laughs> did pretty good but <laughs> my dad did do that he saw a set of mine like on, <laughs> on cbc and he was like he just kind of put it on he's like oh you make fun of you he goes why did you make fun of your mother <laughs> so i don't know if that was his way of saying good job but then my brother told me when he was watching it he, he asked my brother he goes why did they put him last like <laughs> you know, <laughs> of disrespect well, my son know. should go first you know like i don't know why he i don't he doesn't know anything about like <laughs> yeah, tv yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. i was like well, well even if we gave you an answer <laughs> what are you gonna do with that no dad that's the headliner oh <laughs> uh, that's great um you grew up in windsor yeah, uh, my my family, my mom and dad met in Windsor, but they were from Lebanon. They're both from Lebanon. Yeah, they just they met in Windsor though. Uh, were they so they didn't come over together. How no. old were they when they came over? Were they kids or were they adults? Dude, my dad, I think around the time he came was like in his thirties mm-hmm. or thirty. Like he, and then my mom was because my mom's he, he married her when she was nineteen, and he, he was, was like thirty. Oh, so he married her. <laughs> like he went to her mother's house, and he asked her out. I think on the first date. Yeah. Like, I don't even think he did. Yeah, I think he married her. It was, yeah, we always make fun of him for that. We're like, yo, man, my brother makes fun of him for that. He goes, you wifed it up quick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then she came when she was younger, though. Okay. Well, I guess uh, her, her parents were happy to see another Lebanese man uh, interested or probably like yeah. I, you know my grandma um i think they moved because they were like uh, you know probably the same like better better opportunity and stuff and he his his sister my dad's sister moved first and then the whole fam the his family everyone's started to come. windsor area everyone's like predominantly is a lot of yeah in windsor what was in windsor what drove what brought him there what's your like what's your dad do for a living uh he worked eventually he worked at ford yeah, okay. ford motor company sorry and retired there but like he had other jobs and he worked at arby's and he was telling me he went to his first hockey game so like, <laughs> i think it was the windsor spitfire and i'm like how was when you first moved to canada like how was it how did because i remember you had to do this thing in in la it was like when trump was they were like i don't i think it's before trump got elected but it was like it was a spec not a special but a thing they were doing where they would ask comedians like how like about their immigrant parents mm-hmm. so i remember calling my dad just to get information i go how was it like when you moved you know to, to canada and i guess when he started working he going to work and they'd call him camel jockey. Oh fuck! And you know, and I'm like, oh, what man. year was this? So, 
I it's I, like eighties. No, I think I was 70s? born. I was born in the eighties. He still was getting camel jockey when I was born. Oh, but okay. like this is before, 70s. before the eighties. Yeah, and seventies before you got in trouble for racism. Man, it's he, I, I went to work with him as a temp, and then they called him camel jockey. Like he, they, they, they've made it normal to him. So when I was there, they're like, oh, it's Camel Jockey's son. Is that crazy? And I just didn't even know. I was like, oh, Camel man, Jockey's one, one of his humps is here. <laughs> well, my dad told me, I, I, he's telling me this sincere story on the phone. I go, he goes, you know, Dave, they, uh, they call me Camel Jockey. I go, oh, man. He goes, everybody at work. I go, but you know what, Dave, man? There's no camels in Lebanon. He's <laughs> like, in Saudi Arabia, they have. He goes, there's one camel in our town. I was always got a town, like a village camel. And I guess he told me that when he was like, it, this is the, describes his character and how I, I don't know if that's where my stand up came from, but he was like, when I was 10, my friend, he bet me five bucks if I grabbed a camel's tail. Five bucks. I go, oh man, it's crazy. He goes, yeah, I have to go grab the back of, you know, the tail of the camel, which is insane, right? With your 10. So he goes, I go over, but he goes, you know, I go over, I walk over, I grab it, and then the camel's leg kick me in the face, in the chest, <laughs> 20 feet I go. And he goes, not a lot of people, you know, they think there's lots of meat in the, and I'm like, who would even ask you this, right? And then I, I go, what happened next? And there's just quiet and he goes, I get up and get my $10, man. Like, not, <laughs> but it's like, I was like, oh man. Like he just lived, I was like, just a more adventurous probably, he is a more adventurous human than I, mm -hmm. than I am. And it's not as scared. You got siblings in? Yeah, I have uh, my sister. I'm the oldest. I'm 36. Mary's, Mary's um, in her 30s as well. And then there's John and Joseph. Joseph is in his 20s, and so is John. John's okay. the youngest. He's 23. You guys so close. Me and my sister grew up together, like as, as like best friends. We're still we're still close, but she has like family now. Yeah, she has yeah, like yeah. three kids and stuff. And so my brothers grew up together. I kind of like you know you were the know, oldest, so yeah. So I'm. They were how many years apart? uh joe i think i want to say i'm bad at this i'm sorry he's like 25 okay. me 24 yeah. i'm 36 and john is 23 so they're like that's a big gap it's a huge gap but then now we've all three of us have became closer not that we're distant from our sister but she's in a you know i go visit i'm gonna hang out with them yeah because she has her three kids and stuff that you makes know she sense. Raise, makes so. sense what was uh life like growing up very like uh family i guess like we were very close family in a sense that like you know growing up i just remember going in the summers to my my cousin danny lived at my grandmother's place with his with his mom and his dad and his brother john so i was always there in the summer and i was very like when me and my sister were always there and we would just play all day and then you know that kind of that was like our summers and i always knew school would come around when that ended when yeah. we had to stop going and that was a fondest memory because like in a sense that we me and my cousin danny and my sister would like make tapes and you know you sound like you have uh everyone's got very like canadian american names like was that uh oh because we're uh not, i don't want to say I, my mom's very religious and also we're uh lebanese christian okay yeah, okay so, so everyone's um, saints yeah like so it's john joseph joseph so charbel is his middle name uh mary Teresa. yeah that's uh, uh my dad is there's seven siblings it's joseph patrick michael christopher stephen 
and then Rosemary and Anna Maria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just picked it's, right it's, out yeah, of the Bible. All, my <laughs> little brother's name is John Christopher, and he was born on Christmas Eve. Oh, shit. This is JC. So uh, she was really with the... And I'm the only one that doesn't have a middle name, uh, which is no weird. No middle name? No middle name, man. They That's didn't one, yeah. I guess they're, they're new at this. They're like, uh, <laughs> we got to think of another name? <laughs> <laughs> they panicked. They panicked big time, um, I think. How Christian were you guys growing up? Like My mom's house. We went to church every Sunday. Yeah. Me, me, my sister grew up in that time with my mom where, and my dad where we went to church every Sunday, a uh, Lebanese church. And yeah, we, I just remember watching American Gladiator before we went to church. <laughs> like my dad would iron and I would be, we'd be running around watching American Nitro's and Nitro, I, Turbo. But it was just, I remember watching it. And church was fun. I don't know if it was supposed to be fun because we would... Not that me, I don't think my sister, me and my sister understood what was happening. Like we, we understood Arabic, but like, I think we were like, you know, we'd meet our friends there and we would like our, our my homie at the times parents were in the choir. So we were on the steps. Okay. So it was like an event almost. Yeah, and yeah. then like after they would have coffee and desserts downstairs in the well, church basement. Church should be fun. Yeah, it was. It was if fun. You want people to come, like spruce it up a bit. You know? Yeah, it was, dude. It was, and then Christmas was fun because we mended my mass. Easter, we would crack the eggs. Like mm-hmm. it was just like I remember that. Um, and then my aunts and cousins were there, and it was like you met you. You know, you you saw people, and it was like it was almost a like social yeah. event. Yeah. 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 Did uh, family stick with it? Like still going to church? My or? mom is super religious. My mom is the type of person. If you say uh, "God damn it," she'll tell you to watch your mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. She's super. She always calls me every day, and she'll tell me the saints are praying over me. Uh, my sister's super religious and my dad goes to church i think on his own now i think too he used to go but i think he goes more because he's sick i think i just mm-hmm. i just saw him i just would eat my mom would be like oh your dad's at church like oh did he go before as much but yeah he goes and my two brothers not as much mm-hmm. what, what about you what side of the fence you sitting on in the whole religious thing uh, i pray every night if, if i'm drunk or high i won't yeah, <laughs> I, like, I can't let JC see me like this. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be high, you know. So, and uh, yeah, I've been praying since I was a kid, and then for, um, for a while I I stopped, and then I just I uh, started again. Yeah, yeah. I guess you you believe in it all, then, eh? Or? Um, I just believe that there's some. I'm not. I don't put. I'm not gonna push it on anyone. Yeah. I'm not gonna be like you should this way or this. You know, I you. It's more of a spiritual thing. That's mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's a private ma- matter. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, uh, yeah, it's in. I respect whatever you believe in. I'm not gonna argue with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's if you. Well, it's a weird argument too it because is. I just it's exhausting. And there there is actually no proof anything exists no, too. I'm, so it's like it is. You can't argue your faith because. It's it's like an opinion. Everyone's got a different. Dude, when people lose their mind, like I've seen people on Facebook and argue with each other, I go, you know, there's no result after this. Like you don't go away with prizes. Mm-hmm. You both started where you started. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just so um, exhausting. I think that I don't know if it comes with age where I'm like, man, I don't really like. I, I'll tell you if you ask me, but you know, if you don't believe in God, that's fine. I'm not gonna fight you. Yeah. Like I don't. I I truly don't even care if you don't believe. Yeah, I, I don't I believe in any of it. Um, yeah. But I like I come from a religious family, so. I can't, I don't know. I'm not going to shit on it. I just, yeah. It's, 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 uh, you're entitled to whatever you believe. Yeah, believe whatever in. gets you through the day. And exactly. if, like, if you want to go and sing at church and yeah. it makes you feel better, then fuck, go do it, man. If you want to go blow guys for crap, go fucking do it. I don't give a shit what you're doing. Uh, I'm not good at going to church anymore, <laughs> but though. I'll blow a guy for crap. <laughs> When's the last time you go to, went to church? Is it more of a family thing on Christmas now? I think, yeah, I don't, I don't, I won't actively go on my own. I think I just pray right 
right before I go to bed. And I always do the the cross bef- if I walk by a church. Or, and then when I walk by a gra- or I drive by a grave or walk by it, I go Allah. In Arabic, it's like Allah Yirham al Muta, which I think it's like pray for the dead. Um, the Lebanese do the sign of the cross. Um, yeah, I'm Christian now, so like, so I think a lot of times, and I don't mean this in no disrespect to, to, to you or anyone, is like I think a lot of times, I don't know if it's a media thing or just like me, is that when when you say Lebanese, I think a lot of times people just assume Muslim, mm-hmm. like everyone's Muslim, but there's Muslim and Christians. So, um, I, yeah, I come from. But yeah, no, I only ask because, uh, like, I grew up in a Catholic church. Yeah. Um, but I knew other Christian churches never did the sign of the cross. So I didn't oh, know. I didn't even know. Yeah. We do the sign of the cross because we went to, I went, yeah, we went to a Catholic church. I think I, I, my school was Catholic Roman. It was elementary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do the cross. I've been doing Yeah. No, I just, cause there's uh, a lot of like sections of Christianity that don't do the cross. I was just, so I was like, Oh, there's another one. Cause I, I always thought it was just Catholic and I didn't know that. That's my apology. So no, 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 no. Cool, cool, cool. I'm not the best Christian. I want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, know. I remember my mom once she's like just ask God for like stuff I'm like what she was asking for you know comedy stuff like, I'm not asking him for a Conan that's hella weird uh, <laughs> little baby Jesus could I get a new, could you send me a new closer <laughs> but I do ask him for like can you help me get this or that if something's if something's happening and you know uh he he, ha- he you know it's I I think it's also just good energy too mm-hmm. like you know I know that sounds like I don't want to say hokey but you know just a, a reasonable about good energy you yeah. know what I'm saying if you can maintain that without being a complete piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> you could be a piece of shit but let's just try not to be a complete <laughs> like well, that's my whole thing with. Uh uh, like religion, I don't, I don't believe in any of it. Uh, but I believe in the message they're trying to send yeah. is don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah, treat your neighbors nice. Like and you know, I, I believe it, and I, but I do believe in the whole karma thing too. Like if you're an asshole, shitty things are gonna happen. Yeah. Again. So it's, uh, I don't know. That's what I believe. No, and I think that's respectful. Mm-hmm. I think it's a respect too. I've never talked this somber, I think. I have, but like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move off the religion. Uh, no, I like, I, I'm, I was I, I was legitimately, I had, I had a sense, I, I really wanted to come talk like this because I think it's, I think it's good, like mm-hmm. just in general, just to, you know, yeah. I was, always, it doesn't always have to be silly. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Um, so what's, uh, how long dad work at Arby's? He's not raising four kids on, uh, no, uh, he, <laughs> making, I, think that, early fries. <laughs> I think that was before, um, before my time, but he worked at Ford for a long time. Yeah. Like since you were a kid, man. Yeah. He had to, my mom was a shift to, worker coming he, he coming in the foundry. Yeah. He was a line worker and stuff. Yeah. So um, sometimes he'd work nights, sometimes afternoons. Oh yeah. It was all over yeah, the place. Yeah. My mom tried to get, I think we were like, you got to retire, man. Like he was there a long time, man. They don't want you there a long time. Like no, the dude. auto industry, they'll, oh, Hey, you've been here long enough here's your package get out of here dude, i think he made 30 years or over uh, like it's insane he's he gotta sit on a good pension then they kind of like he jammed some things up with money bank wise because i think he got in there and like you know uh english is his second language so they probably just <laughs> and if, if he if he's anything like me which i think he is then he probably got jammed up or like <laughs> me <laughs> so that that they kind of had a hiccup for a bit yeah. and stuff like that but uh did mom work or is she just taking care of the my kids my mom works now man you know she works in uh because i she has to and stuff like that so i try to hustle as harder as hard as i can but she works at a uh, vista print okay so 
she never worked when when I was a kid. She just raised us. Uh, well, it's a fucking more than a full time job. Four kids. Oh, she's the best, man. Mm-hmm. She kind of she did. I could never. Yeah, she raised us so well, man. She continues to, but like she was my mom type of person is like if. Um, I'll tell you, this probably describes her character. So I used to work at Starbucks in Toronto with another comedian, very funny, talented human being, Nathan McIntosh. So we worked at Starbucks on Queen Street across from Much Music. And um, I got the job. I think, yeah, he got me the job, but I was the worst barista ever. But me and him worked together and they, they, I think it said they were going to separate us because we were having so much fun. (laughs) But I would do these shows every every year in Windsor and I bring some of the Toronto comics uh, down. And my cousin was a part owner of a cafe. So I'm jokingly one day telling Nathan because he was coming down with me. He was one of the comics. I go, dude, what do you what do you want? My mom will get us stuff. And then he like, he goes four Raider jackets. That was the amount of comics. <laughs> four forties and Menace to Society or Boys in the Hood. I can't remember. And this is when Blockbuster was around. And I next day. So we drive down. We get there. We get in the ba- basement, and on the table is four forties. In a uh, man or boys in the hood, and my mom comes up to us. She goes, "I'm so sorry, I couldn't find the Raiders jacket." <laughs> Nathan still to this day, if you ask Nathan McIntosh, he'll go, "You got to get your mother." He goes, "You got to get your mom a spa, man. She's crazy. She's great." And ask Arthur, send me another very funny comedian. They've all been there, and she's that's the, the type of character she is. That she'll do anything for her kids, man. The folks come and support those shows when, when I'm in Windsor. Yeah, man, they love it, dude. My they love being made fun of and stuff like that. My mom will sit through some net like. I'll I'll talk some nasty shit. Yeah, my mom sat through some fucking craziness, but my, my dad doesn't come. Oh, okay, yeah, my whole family comes out. It's like a, it's like an entourage. They'll just sit, in, but they're all in one corner. They're like goons, and they've the last show. You could even ask another funny Ali Hassan. They ha- they were heckling me. I didn't know that. I was snapped. I go, whoever the fucks in the back has no respect. I come off, and Ali Hassan was like, "Buddy, that's your. It was your family." I go, "What?" He goes, "It was your brother and your brother-in-law." I go, "These fucking idiots." They were just talking loud in the back. They like disrupted the whole show, but they're usually good, and, and they they always. My brother came with me when I was uh, when I opened for Jerry D at the hockey arena. Okay, so he was he came in and another very funny comedian, Alex Pavone. So they whenever they can support, they're always there. If I'm in town, man. Nice, nice. You uh, you doing shows back in Windsor? I guess it's not this show you're running yourself ten years ago, eh? Well, uh, no, no. I, we we you know we were going there till up. Jared Campbell also another funny. He he came down too. Me and Ali were all of us were going up there till I think around two thousand. Like when I put on my shows, mm-hmm. it'd be the last one I think might have been 2000, 2013, 2014. But yeah, we were doing them like for a long time, man. And then sometimes like the promoter would give us, give me money up front. And I bring like Hakeem's been down there. So the last time I was there, I think I just went to the comedy club that they have down there. So I, I haven't actively. The, the quarry? Yeah. I haven't yeah, put I, on a I, show I'm myself. from there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Apparently, I slagged them on the internet. <laughs> Comedians are hella emotional, as you know, and stuff like that. I just did it as a joke. I was <laughs> surprising we can't take jokes, yeah, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. I fuck it. Fuck it. How often do you get back to Windsor these days? I'm going to go back in August for like a How week. You get there. You don't drive, do you? No, I'll rent a car. Oh, if I go for two days, I'll rent a car, but usually I'll take the train. So I think this one, I'm going to fly from Montreal to Windsor to see my nieces uh-huh. um, for like a week. Nice. And the whole family, but my, I have like Layla, Mia, and Katie, and Katie's. Uh, 
yeah, they're, I don't really get to see them that much. I see them around Christmas. I always yeah. come for Christmas. It's very important to me to see my family around Christmas. You close with the kids? Yeah, they're dope, man. Yeah. Katie, Katie, the youngest one's like two, I believe. Yeah, she doesn't, I don't know her that well, but Mia Bear's like four or five, and then Layla's like 13. Okay. And so I've, I, yeah, Layla and Mia, I try to call them every other day or every day and, and just hear their voices and chat with them for a nice. bit and stuff. Yeah. Fuck, you're calling home a lot, eh? My mom always sends me texts here and there. She's like, just letting you know I'm still alive. You didn't call sometimes. <laughs> no, my mom calls me every day for the last 14, 15 years, bro. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah, so that's a thing. But now I actively, like, you know, I of course I want to talk to my mom, but like, you know, these kids, they, you know, they want, you know, I want to be a good uncle. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and I, and I love them, I love them so much. So, yeah, you know. It, yeah, I've got a niece who uh, every year at Christmas, my gift to her is uh, like an activity she has to do in Toronto. Oh, as though, and they they live here? No, they live in Niagara. Okay. So, so I get her up for a day, like take her up CN Tower, take her to the aquarium, take her to the museum. Oh, that's like great, that. man. Yeah, yeah. That's a good uncle, I feel. Yeah, yeah. It's never, I never give her toys. Fuck, kids got too many toys, you know? Man, I take them, I, I'm an idiot. I think I'm a rapper. That's how I realized how I dated women is I thought I was, I thought I was fabulous, the rapper. <laughs> and when I, when I see my nieces, I was like, what, what do you guys want? And they're like, stuff. And I take them to the mall and man, it's I'll always like, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Davey's yeah. guy. And I don't know why. I don't know who I think I am. I come out of there, it's like $200 bill. My sister's like, what are you doing? I go, okay, I, don't, I don't know. I'm yeah, broke now. I, I guess this is how you show love. I have no like, concept. I'm always like trying to like buy stuff for them. I was like, do whatever you want in there, man. We we popping bottles here. And they're like, what was, uh, what was uh, school life like for you growing up? Uh, elementary school. Um, I had I had buck teeth as a kid, so I had a huge overbite, and I had warts. I was an ugly ass kid. So you getting picked on? You know what? In elementary school, I'd get picked on, but there was uh, my friends. This guy specifically, this guy Jason Rainoni, protected me all the time. I still I still see him in Windsor, and he always would like, "Who's fucking with you?" And he'll come <laughs> over. But I, it's weird. I I got picked on, and I didn't get picked on. Like I hung out with some. I wasn't cool by any means, but I hung out at our elementary school at ICS. It would be like there was the Canadians, like Kirk T. Bear, Jason Rainoni, Stephen McGregor. Like these were like white boy, like <laughs> fucking fighters, dude. They would like if you came new to our school. You'd have to fight that day, and I'd watch people <laughs> like prison. <laughs> it was like prison, and then there was the basketball crew, which had Dalib Gill I, and like South Chem, I believe. And that was like I think there were East Indian and Asian, and then the Spanish guys played soccer, mm-hmm. like Raul and Santos Ortiz, and he was dope as fuck. But I remember that's how the pretty multicultural. Then you know it's weird. Now it's like it's like Middle East, man. You go down to Windsor, there's like so many Middle Eastern people and other ethnicities. But back then is like they were like sectioned off. Like I would play hockey with those guys and soccer, but like the Spanish guys would stick together. Like it was, and then the basketball players. But this was in the playground at recess. It yeah, was yeah. weird. It was yeah, like yeah. segregated, but everybody knew each other. And we would mix, but sometimes we would play the Spanish guys in soccer. It was, but I was able to float around a bit. But I hung out with those the the white the, the I, I don't know if I should say white boys, but the white boys like that. So I'm not the, offended. Don't worry. Like Chad Cranston, <laughs> man, these were like have these guys would fight you on their lawn. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> like now nobody wants to fight on the lawn. They're like, you want to fight? Come to my house. Yeah, You're yeah. like Chris. Oh, is it Chris Demers? I know these names. Crushing so. beers and kicking yeah, ass, dude. <laughs> I played road hockey. Sorry, a lot. Too, growing up. Did you play ice hockey at all? 
tried it once or twice it was awful i couldn't skate i i, I could picture you uh looking like bambi out there on the skates i was dumb but uh but road hockey man i'd rollerblade and blue would play rollerblade hockey as well but you can I, rollerblade but not skate that's weird i don't yeah, know that is weird i love talking shit playing hockey um <laughs> we can uh, we would play with this pole we'd not or I, I in high school i think grade nine ten i played a lot of road hockey my boy hugo though at the time and dimples and shit is uh mexican dude best friend at the time he was venturing on the pussy <laughs> <laughs> and left us behind uh warranted you know what i mean but we were still i remember that i remember the day he went on a date he goes i'm not playing hockey i'm going on a date and we were in the alley behind <laughs> his house me and darius his polish dude we had our sticks and we're like man and when he walked away <laughs> we're like Yo, this guy's gonna this guy's gonna kiss a girl. And, and Darius was a handsome ass kid. I, in my head, when I looked at him, I go, "Man, why the fuck aren't you getting pussy?" <laughs> Polish dude, you know what I mean? You're like exotic to these women. I'm, I know why I'm not. Uh, but it, yeah, it was it wasn't bad. I didn't. Grow, I got picked on. I think in grade eight when I transferred to a, my parents moved, so uh-huh. I went to this new school and I got picked on there a lot. Yeah. It's just new school. It was like my grade eight in the first half of the year. And then the last, I didn't like, we didn't, I don't think me and my sister liked the area. So we moved back and we finished off at ICS, which is the school we started. Oh, okay. And, I, and then I went to high school. I went to Catholic Central. Nice. How was high school for you? Getting better? Um, um, I got picked on until my cousin, def- my cousin was in grade 12. And then um, the, I, I will never forget it. This kid, uh, like it was in grade nine, this kid pushed me. And then my cousin came over, bigger guy. He goes, did anyone pick on you? And I remember in the hallway, I went and pointed at the guy. 10, 15 minutes later, he brought the guy back, but he was lifting him from the back of his shirt. Like I, the man was crying. Like he was like, he, he was, he wasn't like crying, but he was tearing up. And I've never seen any, they were the same age. I've never seen a man make another man cry in front of me. I don't know what kind of power that was. And then he goes, say sorry. And then <laughs> word got out that that was my cousin and people started to, to back off. They're like, yeah. oh, yo, that's so-and-so's cousin back off. So then it wasn't as bad. It's good to have that. I had uh, two older brothers. So my, my path was, uh, nice and laid out. So I oh, see. So yeah, it's, it's it was it wasn't. I wasn't cool by any means. I knew people, but you know, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. You know, I was still going through the whole thing where I had headgear and I had uh, braces and shit because I still had the buck teeth. I had the overbite, yeah. so I was like, yeah. And then awkward I, fucking years. It was very awkward. It wasn't until I hit started in college and doing comedy. I yeah. think where I, where I, I I was able to get girls. And or talk no, to nothing them. in high school then. <laughs> Buddy, I think I dated one girl, and I think we made out. I might have, I might have came. Made out, yeah. <laughs> I Privately. came. My, my, my headgear got stuck in her hair. <laughs> Just a big disaster. Yeah, it was a high school. Yeah, you're school you're trying to pull again. your headgear over her. Welcoming, like I gotta go. <laughs> It wasn't good in that department, man. I, I didn't. It wasn't until I started comedy. Ah, well, you're doing great now. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, how? What about uh, your grades? Were you a good student? Man, yeah, I would always study I, because my mom. She was very much like I, my mom told me. She's like, look, just graduate from college and you can do comedy. She goes, you can do comedy. Period. You already just, knew that's what where you were heading. When I was 14, I wanted yeah. to do stand up comedy, but I, in school, I always made sure I got good grades. Uh, I think for myself, but also maybe more for my mom subconsciously and my my parents mm-hmm. were you ever the class clown then? no man i knew the dudes that were i wasn't i was the guy like yeah i wasn't a class clown if you talk to me i would say funny things but i was i was too shy to, to be like that i was very shy and i was very scared to be the class clown okay 
the class clowns i knew they were dope but you know i just in college i would write my jokes or how i thought a joke worked which i didn't know how to write jokes in the back during the lesson and shit would you take taking college you go to humber no i was in windsor i went to st Clair college i'm such an idiot like my best friend hugo i was like i want to go with my best friend but he took a year off so i went and took advertising i don't even know why <laughs> and then hugo was coming the second year so i took advertising and he was like yo i'm gonna come take marketing I tell my advertising, the program, I go, I'm, I'm transferring to marketing. They're like, why? You have decent grades. I was like, my, I didn't tell him, but I was like, my best friend Hugo's coming. Mm-hmm. So I switch over to marketing and accounting. And then Hugo doesn't even last, the, I think, the semester. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Hugo. Yeah, yeah, so Hugo left. And then I just continued and I graduated with a marketing diploma uh, from St. Clair College. And uh-huh. then most of my friends in college went on to like university. Did you I, ever use that at all? You know what, man? I studied economics, and then I got the uh, I be, I got the role on Jerry D as an economics teacher. There you go. <laughs> you finally tell your parents your uh, your diploma's coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I had to restudy supply and demand. It was hilarious at a Starbucks, but yeah, that's funny. You gotta do. You, you gotta keep. It- contact one of your old teachers and be like, hey, you didn't think I could make it? Well, <laughs> well, yeah, Rick LaFort, he messaged me when I posted that I was, you know, I was I was like, you know, man, I'll post, you know, and then he messaged me and he was just like, he goes, if you need any tips, <laughs> it's hilarious. You need an understudy. <laughs> yeah, let me know. And I was like, oh man, that's hilarious. He's and just because- on the set every day? No, 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 dude. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do it this way. <laughs> dude, it's crazy because I, I, I never really been, you know, uh, I've never really been on a sitcom so I think I did, I did two episodes in one day already last week and it was very um a great experience but it's very it's tough you know what i mean like long days yeah it's like you don't like again by any means i'm no actor Mm -hmm. so i don't want to walk around like like i am one but like i kudos man you know what i'm saying like without i'm not trying to be corny but i was like man they do their it's tough it's a tough thing man yeah no it's 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 a craft for sure it's very you know and i think sometimes you take it lightly as a performer if you're a comic you're like oh but i'm I'm a performer i'm fine but it's a it's a different beast man different different beast so i have all respect for actors man it's just a very 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 this your first acting role in in this capacity in a sitcom like yeah. i've been in i when i was on mtv live it, we would do sketches we'd film sketches during the day okay. i don't know if that i guess was acting i don't know but we i did that for like four or five months mm-hmm. that helped me get in front of a camera though because then we, i was on live too so that broke that nerve and then i think after that i did like a panel show on uh um super channel and then oh, yeah i'm not, but not as it wasn't as consistent as stand-up so this is probably but this is my first sitcom ever in this type of production you getting uh you getting a lot of role or a lot of lines or i do six episodes in total okay um, well, how long are their seasons uh episode wise yeah they do 13 episode seasons or? i think it's 11 11 yeah i think it's 11 i don't know if i'm allowed to say that but whatever i'm sure it's public knowledge yeah yeah i don't i, I know i don't know anything about this it's cbc <laughs> i think we're all supposed to uh, <laughs> yeah. be able to access all that knowledge yeah so it's like um yeah it, uh i bet this is my first thing into that capacity nice so. nice but you're, it's fun though. It was fun. That day was really fun. Everyone was re- everyone was cool, from Jerry to the directors to everybody. Everyone was hella dope. When the, once there, uh, how long are you here for shooting? Like, are you where are you living right now? I what happened is I moved to New York May first. So I moved to New York. You know, and I was subletting for that month. What happened was uh, there's this. 
I this project, me and this other comedian, very funny, Ali Hassan. We 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 we've been working on this project since 2013. So it went through. We wrote a script. We wrote a pilot, and the pilot was just about me and my family. Then that got a development deal at CBC. Um, and then we switched that idea to me and Ali because they liked our dynamic, like the production company. And then we wrote another script and then we got passed by CBC. They didn't take, they didn't pick it up, which was all good. And then we put together these demo reels, like these, we shot three scenes, me and him. And then that got, we, they showed it, the production company showed it to Viacom International. So Viacom was interested and then they put us in a writer's room for four weeks in June. I'm an idiot. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in New York and I, sitting with another comic and we're not even talking about passports and I go I just clue in I go oh my god my passport's gonna expire <laughs> he goes what I go, we're eating like tacos I go man I gotta go back to Canada because if it expires I can't get back in to go to this writer's room so then I'm in New York for like a week or two and then I go to Toronto for a week come back and then they're like man we might you might have to come back June 5th so then I go back to New York for like a week or so go back for the whole month I'm like but I got a place June 1st yeah. so I just gave this dude my, I dropped my shit off and left I go I <laughs> <laughs> gotta go and I gave him money and then I go back to to New York like after the Halifax like for five days and then I, I I'm doing just for laughs but I just don't have enough clout out there in New York to get stage time as aggressive <clears throat> so I just made a decision to come here until then to just to get on it's like a TV taping and I don't want to get there I don't want to be there whack or not sharp yeah, so that's yeah, why yeah. I'm back but yeah, I do live in New York yeah this is uh, if you're from Toronto this is the perfect place to work out for a yeah. taping yeah it's great man because New York you're gonna be if you don't know, if you don't have an in then you're fucking yeah, and doing weird the, weird shows and, and the in the in would be small for me personally because I don't know anyone it's just not gonna add up to doing three or four spots a night here. yeah so that's why i can't but i do live in ridgewood brooklyn i think it's in it's ridgewood <laughs> yeah. i'm not sure where my place yeah. was uh, <laughs> i hear it's nice <laughs> it's, yeah i've only been there for five days living the showbiz life i got homes i've never been there. <laughs> i mean the two roommates are like man this guy's never i got a cleaner and left <laughs> cleaner cleaned the apartment on saturday and i left on monday it's probably filthy like, already <laughs> <laughs> it's three dudes uh they comics too one's a comic and the other one's a music producer oh, okay cool guys cool yeah. guys they, they're new yorkers are they uh i don't know if they're originally from new york it's hard to find a, a true new yorker right yeah I don't, it's very very it's very like toronto tough. too it's very hard to find out someone from toronto i've met a couple over there but yeah uh but they, i don't think they're from originally from new york nice um so when you headed back there then i'm at just relapse till august 31st oh no sorry july 31st and i think i'm gonna go to windsor uh for a week so i don't i think i might be back in new york mid mid-august or something like that nice, nice. yeah just a chance to get to see my family because uh after that yeah I'll, the next time will be christmas is your first uh first forte into new york then no, you know, the thing is, I was going to New York back in 2008 or something with Kevin Soldo, Rob Mayhew, all these guys. We were going there all the time. Yeah. I was, there's a very successful comedian, Andrew Schultz. We used to stay on his couch. So we, we knew him before, before he popped off. Um, but yeah, we were always there. I don't know why I moved to L.A. I just thought you had to go there yeah. and I wanted to, I lived there back in the day for like half a year when I didn't have my green card. I was just vi vacationing out there visiting. You can mm -hmm. visit for six months. And then in my head, I was like, move to LA. And then I was like, yeah, when I was there, I was like, I don't know if, why am I, you know, cause I always would go to New York like a two weeks at a time. And I always enjoyed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't understand why. I I, I, if, if the time comes where I got to pick, I, I'd go New York over LA too. I said, I don't know. It, I think I'm just more, I'd be more of a New York comic than 
uh, LA, I think. Yeah, you'd have to, to, to be honest, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. It's like whatever makes, whatever you click with. And I, and I thought I clicked with LA. It's not that I hated it. I, I, I had a good time there. But then when I got to New York, I just knew, I was like, oh, this is where I want to be. Like, yeah. there's no, I don't know how to explain it. There's no, you know, there's, there's no place like it. Well, not even, there's no second guessing. Like when I was in LA, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, you know, there was yeah. too many questions when I'm there. I'm like, oh, and I like, it. yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, let's get back to, uh, the, uh, you go to college. That doesn't work. Yeah. Do you even get a job after college with yes. this? Yeah. Where would you work? I worked at AccuCaps. I was working as a pizza pizza delivery guy for a long time for Papa John's when it was in Windsor for a bit and Armando's Pizzeria. Then I, that was in college. And then after college, I got a job at AccuCaps. AccuCaps would make gel capsules. So I'd work <laughs> like these 12 hour shifts, either two weeks at a time. What did you do? Like, like, what was it? Admin was or? A, uh, huh? Was it administration or what? No, not even. I was a sorter at first, which was insane. You have to <laughs> sort. I, I think, was I? I don't even think I did sorter. I think I did janitor and then I worked in the cleaning area. Okay. And we just clean. never anything in uh, administration? Uh, no, for from your diploma, your. Uh, no, no. No, no. I, you know why? Because I knew I was moving. I wanted to be a comedian. So I went to stack cash. So uh, I was getting, I think it was like 14 bucks an hour. So I just worked my ass off for a year and just hustled money. And I was living with my parents and doing comedy in Michigan, like open mics. So I did that and I'd work either from 5 a.m. till 5 p.m. or 5 p.m. till 5 a.m. And sometimes I, when I work 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., I would get off, go shower and drive to Detroit uh -huh. or Michigan to do stand up. So I just knew I was going to, I think I had the idea of moving to Toronto. Yeah. So through, through Jason Rouse, I would do the open mics at the Windsor, uh, Windsor Yuck Yucks. And I met Jason Rouse, John Doerr, and um, Terry Clement, and uh, all nice people. And Rouse was like, yeah, you should you should move to Toronto. <laughs> and, yeah. And, then, yeah. and I go, oh, my buddy who was like in a band, he used to do the Yuck Yucks Night 2 in a rock band. He was, his old band moved there. So I went and visited him and then just to scope it out. But Rouse was like, go down there. I'll get, go to Yuck Yucks. My friend Russell Peters is performing. I'll get you tickets. So I went down and then I liked Toronto, I guess. And I moved down there. Okay. Um, but then when I got there, Rouse was like, Oof, you gotta leave. <laughs> he was going to England. I was like, hey man, you told me to come here. Cause I thought I was gonna go. I started doing like I like I started I thought I was gonna move to LA, but I didn't understand green card processes. Or mm -hmm. so I was just gonna move from Windsor to uh, New York mm -hmm. or LA. But then I was like, the at the time 9-11 happened. Uh, and and it was just hard to cross the border. So I was getting jammed up all the time. Like I would have to cross. I got caught, like not caught. The guy was just like, I was just going over all the time telling him I was watching shows which was you know and the guy one time he just didn't believe me and this worked for like five six months and he goes no nah, I don't believe you and I'm like I don't know what you want me to tell you he, I go look man I do open mics he didn't understand the concept he goes oh who's your promoter I go there's no promoter it's an open mic and then he pulled me in and they wanted to get pay stubs give us a pay stub that prove that you're not getting paid in America so I can get a pay stub uh, if, I, if, if I had a pay stub <laughs> well, I, I would to, be getting paid that's what I'm saying <laughs> so then I have to bring pay stubs for my job every time I Across the border. Then from there, this one time I remember uh, standing in customs, the lady, the, I'm not even talking to the one teller. She goes, like, yes, she goes, you, tw I just hear, I think it was like a, it was a guy or a girl. I can't remember, but I just remember going, you 24 and you don't, you live like, cause they're like, the guy is like, do you pay bills? I go, nah, man, I live with my parents. And then the guy, someone from the other booth goes, you 24 and you live with your parents <laughs> and you don't pay for it. And they embarrass me in front of everyone. So the guy goes, you got to get a guy or girl goes, you got to get a letter from your mother. 
that says that you, you don't pay bills. So I had to get my mom to write a letter and sign it and bring it in. So I kept going. Somebody know your mom's signature, right? Like, oh yeah. Psychos, dude. <laughs> That's right. Dude, to the point where one time, uh, like they jammed me up so much. All, I get, they give me back all my stuff. The custom guys is, are all standing looking at me and they found out I was doing comedy. And they're like, you bet. One, one of the guys goes, man, you better fix this comedy thing or it's going to follow you around. And then the one custom guy comes around and he goes, yeah, and that ain't funny. <laughs> <laughs> So I do all that bullshit. I just kind of moved to Toronto. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, and then I got this, I, I get, I go through and the guy goes, where are you going? And I, and I'm an idiot. I, I was like, going to give him the address? And this is, and I, my joke pad came out and I couldn't take it back. So this guy, a Middle Eastern custom guy opens up the page and he says, these are whack ass jokes. First joke he, he hears, not even a joke. He goes, he goes, it's the end of the world seeing a Middle Eastern do stand up comedy. What's next? NASCAR racing. And his eyes lit up mm -hmm. and he goes, stay there and he wrote all my he inputted all my jokes into the computer i didn't know how to stop them like, these are awful so then uh, it just got so bad in a sense that i just was like man i can't and i just moved to toronto mm -hmm. um after after like a year of college so i saw college then i lived a year in windsor a year i think a year and then i moved mm -hmm. so i worked at AccuCaps and uh hustled some cash and then i then i moved to toronto nice did um being on the border town, trying to cross the border all the time, as a Middle Eastern person after 9-11, was that an issue? I'm so stupid. I didn't think I was, I knew I was Middle Eastern, but I didn't think I was that Middle Eastern. Does yeah. that make sense? No. Well, yeah, no, it makes sense, but you know I, I, mean? I get it. Completely. I just didn't think into my buddies. Yeah, like, uh, I fucking grew up here. I'm a Canadian. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's what I, in my head, I go, I'm a Canadian because I do believe I'm a Canadian first with a Lebanese heritage. That's, mm -hmm. that's how, I, how I look at it. Um, and I was like, no, nah, I was not wanting to believe in it. I'm in customs with my buddy Park, his real name's not Park Trailer, but it's, it's Darren Miller, but like he called him his stage name was Park Trailer and he's Park like this white dude with tattoos <laughs> and then I go man is he still at it or what <laughs> I, he loves dice clay as a tattoo of any dice clay <laughs> Fuck, I should book you, this guy. Yeah, you gotta look him up. <laughs> look him up on trailer Facebook. Great guy, dude. He's dope. He's he's dope. He's a maniac. Park but he trailer. was with me, and then he goes, "I go, man, this can't be." He goes, "It's probably because you're Middle Eastern." I go, "It can't be." I was trying to argue with him, and he gets up. He goes, "Hey, I'll say it is." He goes, "I'm white." And like something like loud, and nobody at the customs. They looked up and they went back to their notepads. <laughs> I was dying. I was laughing. Um, uh, yeah, and I and and I, I think so. But they they tighten. I'll tell you this: people that my family friend, like our, our friends of our family, and my childhood best friend, Rod. His name is Rodi Abi Abdullah. So their last name is Abi Abdullah. Right after nine eleven, they were getting jammed up, as you could believe. Mm -hmm. at, so there was this. You know, when I went in there, I'd see Middle Eastern people or black people. That's all I saw in customs predominantly. So there was this tense situation because back then you only had to show your driver's license. After 9-11, you need a passport. They had dogs like, you know, bef like sniffing cars. So it got really intense. Yeah, no, it was, I remember driving, we had a buddy who's living in Florida, He uh, going to school there. He drove down there and then yeah. three of our buddies were flying down from Buffalo to meet him and then they're going to drive back with him and i was just driving them to the airport and it's just like they took us all in because they only had we had one everyone had one-way tickets oh yeah, yeah, yeah and they're like why do you have one-way ticket and it was it was just four white guys and they took us all at separate rooms and separated us went through all our shit and they're like where are you going they're like you're going to see a friend in 
they school. got tight, man. And it's not. It's not like I don't want to say. That's what. That's when you say when you said Middle Eastern. I go for sure Middle Eastern people who have like, like names that like you know the the customs people deem mm-hmm. suspicious. They're gonna get. I my name is Dave Merhej. Yeah. So, but I do remember going with my my sister, uh, his, uh, husband, a uh, black dude from Detroit. We craw. He was driving me across, and then he. I think he was going to school there. So they had one of those cards. They pull him in. They pull both of us in. They tell us to get out of the car, and it was just like extra customs around him. I go, this is weird. And in my head, I go, it's for sure because he's black. This is just, yeah. uh, you know, because it just seemed so tense for no reason. We get there and I'll never forget it. We're sitting and I, he's a great dude, but we walk up to the, the guy calls us up and then he's looking at our IDs and then he just goes, he goes, I, don't, I just don't get it. <laughs> he goes, how? How are you two hanging out? Like you know that? Like like he acted like I was from Where's Narnia, your white friend? like from Narnia, and I almost I almost said he's fucking my sister. Like that's how angry I was, and I don't want to talk like that. But I was like, he's giving it to my sister every night, buddy. Like what do you want, man? Like what? What do you mean? Why would we hang out? Like how segregated are you of an of a country mm-hmm. that that's? But yeah, I did fate. I felt I. I probably did face some shit. My last name does sound kind of, does sound foreign because it is, but like, yeah. It sounds more French. Well, my dad's name is Jean, J-E-A-N. And yeah. in, in Lebanon, the, the one of the languages is French. Mm-hmm. So that could be, uh, could mm-hmm. be, yeah. Nice, nice. So um, you moved to Tirana. You got yes. Uh, like, do you have any friends here? You know anyone? You just know Jason Rouse told you to come. Damn That's it. And I moved um, because my buddy Phil Torres, he was in that band. So the band, I think, broke up and they all went back to Windsor or Leamington area where they're from. And Phil stayed. So me and Park Trailer, he moved up. He had kids. He was divorced. <laughs> so we lived for half me, Park, and Phil. But then Park had to go back because his kids, I, I believe. And then James Uloff, a comedian, moved I know in. James, do you know James? Yeah, I'm out west this summer. So we 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 moved. So I knew those guys, and then I started to meet people in the scene. Then me and James, after a half a year in Toronto, decided, yo, what? Why don't we just move to either Australia or LA? And then we drove. We decided LA, and we drove to LA, and that's when I stayed in LA for six months. And then okay. he he never came back. He stayed out there. So those were the people I knew. Phil Torres was a was a friend from Windsor, and he's still out here. He, um, but yeah, we he we he I knew him. So I knew him in Park. And and then I met James through okay. comedy. So those are the type of, those are the friends I had. Cool, cool. So you got Mr. D on the go. You got Just for Laughs this summer. Things are going very well. Well enough. I, I, I uh, grateful, man. And, and you know, I, I sound, you work hard, man. I, 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 sorry. I'm going <laughs> to backtrack a bit to the, uh, the joke, the custom officer read the, uh, what's next NASCAR. Cause <laughs> Since I've been watching you, I've I don't think I've ever seen you tell like a, a joke, like a oh I used to yeah I used to be set up punch yeah I love to see that I set up. there's a VHS tape there was like if I could find it where I do set up punch some badass they were bad jokes bro they were like jokes where I, like I would cringe and even when I got to Toronto I was whack I would do like um, I just didn't know I just knew I was like oh I just have to be funny I didn't know I could be myself yet um, and I would do this joke where I'm like man they don't like camels it was so bad I'm like imagine they souped up camels like they souped up cars Ron Jossel another comedian 
If you ask Ron Joss about that joke, he just says it was so, he makes, he was telling people, he goes, man, you think Dave was funny? He goes, look at this whack ass <laughs> So I put on a lot of, I worked my ass off to just, I just wanted to be honest, man. I, and, and it's funny because you, you uh, I told this to Ryan Belleville. I, I was I was like kicking it with this girl comic Ginny Allen, and she took she's like I'm going to see Ryan Belleville at Laugh Resort. I went to see Ryan Belleville. This guy fucking blew. This guy fucking blew it out of. Like, this is a long time ago too. Right? Just shut the place down. When I say blow it out, like he, that's what I mean. Like he destroyed, and I was so amped. He and I told him this, but I don't think he probably just looked at me like I was crazy. And I told Ginny, I was like, yo. Man, I and then Anna McFawn told me like he was I was with him. He goes, "That's the best comic in the city." He's, I he's it. fucking great, man. And I wanted and when he said when McFawn said that, I go, "I'm gonna be the best comic in the city." I just remember it just clicked into my head. I go, "I'm gonna be," because I was so inspired by watching him. And then I went to they used to have this room called Fox and the Fiddle, and it was this bar. And no, I remember, uh, you remember Fox. Yeah. And um, at the time, uh, Daryl Purvis was hosting, and then the comics were in the audience and Daryl heckled me because I was doing like jokes I think and Daryl heckled me and I lost it I like you're gonna fight and I started ranting and Daryl after goes that's it and I go well that's what you piece of shit you fucking heckled me and he goes that's it and I just didn't know what he was talking about so I, after that I kept do. I think those two things like and then the rant room that Rob Trick who, who was a teacher at Humber College would put on molded me to like to, to change from like doing set up punch to 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 finding my voice on stage well you because you're mostly a ranter like what is your what is your writing process or like what do you have in your head when you get on stage like do you have an agenda or do you just yeah i have like i'll, I'll have ideas i have ideas i have jokes but then like i really like the aspect of just going up and feeling something out so if i go up and i feel something out i'll run with it how long ever i can mm -hmm. if it's not like uh a tv taping or yeah whatever. well that's the thing what do you do because you gotta do a tv taping in a couple weeks so so it's just jokes. So I have these ideas. So usually I'm like, something will happen and I'm like, you know, like the, like Chris, I don't know if, you know, if it'll come out across funny is like, I, there's this comic, Eddie Delisepi, uh, not, not in like, he just really loves Instagram. But he was, he was, he would make me, not make me, but we, I'd be with him and he'd always be like, take, can you take pictures of me? And it just got, I became like a photo, like his photographer. And one like, time that he man was, does not take a bad picture. Yeah. So one time he was just like, he was doing it too much. And he goes, ah, he goes, it's not a good picture. He goes, are your hands shaking? And I go, yeah. And it was embarrassing. I'm going to yell that. And then he, he, we both get in the car and we like it. And that the joke, and then I, the joke is, uh, I go, man, let it breathe. Like we're the first two people. They're going to know we're losers. So it's like, it's like that. Like, so the process of writing or writing for myself is like that. I'll experience that and then try to bring it to the stage in that order. I don't necessarily like write it word for word. I'll yeah. just try to get it to as close as I can to what, how I would feel or say it off stage is okay. how I write stuff now. So when you're, because you're such a ranter, you, you kind of have to have a structure going into a taping. Oh yeah. yeah. For like, just for laughs, like for this taping, there'll be a structure for sure. I won't fuck around like that. So there's a point, there's like a beginning and an end. Mm -hmm. So I know this is the closer. So that's why I came back to just work on it. And it's all, I won't, I won't improvise when 
I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Because you're stuck to a certain time. But yeah, I could do both. But if I know we can have fun, I'll have fun. I just like the aspect of of uh, of of, ad, of of improvising on stage mm-hmm. a lot. But I also can rein myself in and just write a set. And and you know, I don't think I. And this is no in no negative way uh, against myself. And people always get. I don't know why they get weird. I don't think I'm uh, the greatest writer. And I don't say that in, in a low self-esteem way. I just, I love performing. Mm-hmm. My favorite performer um, was Richard Pryor. I just loved how he performed and I always wanted to be like that. So I think I'm a performer. I yeah. don't, you know, and you know, I, I don't look at myself as a writer at all. I don't think it's the best written material by by any means. It's just, I will just perform. You're selling it though. Yeah, perform the fuck out of it with like, but it has to be like, I have to legitimately under, yeah, like care for it. Yeah, because if I'm not going to just like sell you Go some bullshit. I tell you, fuck, no, lucky no, charms, no. baby, lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be 100% honest. It has to be honest. If it's not, then I'm not going to rant about it. I'm not just ranting to rant. I don't care that much, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not going to go, the government sucks, bro. <laughs> I'm just like, if I care about it, I, I'm going to rant about yeah. it. But. Oh, I should have uh, this up when you're talking about Belleville. Uh, just a quick story on Belleville. I saw him uh, one night at the Underground. Uh, it was like a Saturday night Boyd's show. Boyd had it stacked with uh, all these great comics. But Jack Norman's just kind of like sleeping in the <laughs> he's like sleeping in the back just like yeah. head down uh, Belleville goes on stage and just starts just ripping and ranting and stuff and he starts doing impressions of Canadian comics oh that's amazing and then he goes in he started doing Ron James and he was just doing it and, do, and it was like he was like a minute and a half into it and Jack Norman's head just pops up and he goes I think he's doing Ron James's joke <laughs> Ian Sirota's like, no, no, Jack. He's uh, he's doing an impression. He's like, oh, that's a good one. And then boom, right back. Jack leave, yeah. Bless him. Bless Jack Norman's soul, man. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen Belleville. Belleville's just great, man. Just great. Do you, do, yeah, I, I and I and I I think he's amazing, man. Yeah, so. you know, he's uh, he is so so fun to watch. I think he, I true, I yeah, he inspired me. He did, he did. I remember that night vividly, and I was so amped, man. It was like I, I it was like I had like twenty cups of coffee after. I couldn't sit still. Yeah. So it was very inspiring. Nice. Um, what's uh, what's the love life like these days? Uh, none. Nothing um, here. And no. There. Did I, you ever have like a real major girlfriend <laughs> in your life? I had no. I had him like for a year. I look. And my the last girlfriend I had is like I think I did it all wrong. Not in a say per se because of the person, but just like I'm like oh man, I just had to. I have to be more of an adult. I'm. I'm I'm too I'm being immature when I get into relationships mm-hmm. I can't be infatuated anymore I can't just look at it as I was being a rap like not a rapper I don't want to say that I'd be like oh like you know I just wasn't mature enough and I could say that and I needed to to, to, to work on myself and just make better decisions mm-hmm. not that I didn't like love those people or have a good time with them it was just very immature in some things like I was a very jealous person I just didn't know how to handle like I'm uh, I wasn't an adult so you're you were a comedian is what you're saying Exactly, <laughs> but even like I was a bitch, dude. I would like my my girl, my ex would just go hang with people. In my head, I'm like, she's fucking them. <laughs> I'd be mad at her, and she didn't deserve Did that. Did you just Nobody say hello that. to that guy? You <laughs> fucking whore. <laughs> so I'd be mad. She'd take someone's email. Like, oh, what are you going to take that email for? Because huh? <laughs> he sent it. You have to open it. So email works. <laughs> so mad. So I just was jealous, and I think I just took a break. I don't, I haven't really dated anyone. Uh, for like three, four years. So I've just been solo and just... Just been hooking up? 
Yeah, I mean, licking ass from town to town. I kind of stopped licking ass, man, because I got sick uh, when I licked this girl's ass in LA, and, and I came and I got sick a week later. I got like a uh, strep throat, I think. And, and like, I definitely in that girl's ass. <laughs> she was lovely. She's lovely. I don't know. I, hey, it doesn't matter how lovely you are. It doesn't matter. You, you, an yeah, asshole yeah. still an asshole. <laughs> it was so yeah, and I haven't licked ass since then. I don't know if I'll go back, but it has to be the right girl. Let me get the. the Attachable shower hose down here and clean you off of it. But I'm not, I don't, I love licking ass, so. Hey, man, to, to each their own. Yeah, man, so I haven't, I just been fooling around with girls, uh, I haven't really been anything. Yeah, anything. just living the, uh, the comic lifestyle. And I gotta get, I'm gonna get it's out hard, of that. It's hard dating as a comic as well. Like, it's. Uh, yeah, it's just like, I, I do, I say this, I do want to meet somebody. I know that's me, it's, people have always, obviously people have said that, but I do would like to yeah. meet somebody and just kind of stop wiling out. Your, your problem is, you're comedic drive is so insane that everything is yeah taking a back seat to that you know? and I, that's been happening for so long that like sometimes i'm like man like i do i don't regret per se 100 percent certain situations but i'm like man you could have handled that better you could have eased up on the drive mm -hmm. and let this person in so i'm not gonna make those type of mistakes uh, hopefully again so if i meet someone and i really click with them i i want to work with them and and i do i do at this point feel like if i meet someone i'm gonna give it 100 percent and not uh be as uh promiscuous as i've been uh, for for the longest time. Well, ladies, he's looking for love if you're out there. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much uh, that's our time here, buddy. Uh, I had a great dude. I this do, was a great talk, man. I, I, it, uh, I, and I do mean that. I do mean honestly. I was excited to come here. Yeah, this is. Thank you. No, thanks for coming, man. I got I got I got a side of Dave I didn't know before. You know, like that's why I was so excited to come because we could talk and yeah, like, we're just I was always in passing. Pumped, hey, dude. how you doing? And this is a, this was a good little talk. And uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours, Dave. And I'm always uh, I'm always happy to have you on my show Wednesday nights at the Underground Doping My Comedy. We're heading there uh, tonight. And I, and I thank you, man. Uh, and I love what you did with the room. It's, uh, I, I would say it's one of my favorite spots in the city. And, and, and I'm not trying to like, you know what I mean? Like being, being like, um, not corner but just like you know sucking up or anything like that i legitimately man like because I've, I've known you for a while now uh just seen you improve and what you're doing man you're, you're like you're kind of like you constantly growing and and yeah, like not just per se with your material but also just in, in your life it just feels like you're Cheers, moving man. in the right direction and from all the people that like are mutual friends that they, they only speak very highly of you and stuff like that so all right well um, fucking yeah. that's the uh, same on this side of the table buddy everyone's a big fan of dave let's uh let's tell um my eight listeners where they can find you like that don't plug your gigs i don't know when this thing's we're always we're always a few weeks delayed so just give me your socials and all that stuff. i will but you know what man i also kudos for you do like you know how you're doing this you know and i know that's i don't i don't want to sound like a self-help or whatever but like you know the comics they're like ah oh, man how come this and that and i'm like fucking you gotta do something yeah you gotta do something so man. i you know just you know you're doing something so. i actually wouldn't be doing this without alex who's the producer he's uh, but still you're still like yeah, you know he's, what I mean? uh, he's the driving force behind this and never sleeps network i just i gotta keep plugging yeah, that so i don't plug. get paid <laughs> <laughs> and i'll plug what uh, uh instagram i'm there but i don't know my password uh <laughs> but that's dave merhej m-e-r-h-e-j-e -E. uh the website is the same put just put dot com you can find me on facebook and twitter it's all the same handle and yeah and yeah just 
add me on social media. And guys, get out there and see Dave live because it really is a great show to see. Thank you. And, um, you you know, where you can find me, um, you know, Jeff Paul Comedy, all that fun stuff. And obviously every week at the Dopamite. Guys, this has been another episode of the Potato Files here on the Never Sleeps Network. Now my buddy Nigel Williams is going to take us out with a little music from the Pocket Dwellers. Bye-bye, everybody. See you, Davey! Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 